good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 242. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Go visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write us at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and make sure to leave comments and rate the podca- uh, rate, rate podcast as you see fit. I always fuck up this introduction. As a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. You can watch the show if you prefer over on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to that. And for long-time listeners or new people, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month at the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome to become a $1 patron. Get your die, cut, vinyl, sticker sent to you in the mail. And a shout-out on our show. Good morning, Jake. How are you doing? pretty good it's uh actually starting to get pretty cold here yeah it's not like cold cold yet but like the nights have been in the 40s which is it like it's it feels like it happened all of a sudden yeah honestly which i guess is, is the same thing every year but yeah the first day of fall it went oh from, well i guess it's almost winter yeah like 80 to like 55 degrees the first day of fall hit and it was like all right it's here this is it this is what year. we're doing in PA, but you're good otherwise. We're recording this on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too out of the ordinary. Just doing some kind of some catching up on some housework, pretty much. But yeah. other than that, just running around. Good, good. Yeah, I uh, not nothing exciting on this end either. Except I, I, I attended a murder mystery party last night. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. Have you ever done one? Of- no. It's it's uh it I think I think the level of enjoyment is completely contingent on the people who attend, right? Sure. We had one guy that was fantastic, uh, and uh, he he was supposed to have like this the Swedish accent, and he was a plumber, and uh, it's interesting the way they work. So I was the mayor of the town, and uh, Chelsea was a widowed restaurant owner there was apparently a killing um i always thought that like you go to a murder mystery party and then out of somewhere someone's like there's a body and then like someone's dead and then you know that's not necessarily how we did it um so anyone who attended i was kind of hoping that i was going to be the person getting killed right and then i wouldn't have to like fucking participate because that's just my my mo with stuff like this but um no everyone draws a um a little mini card from this bowl. And if you have like a check mark, then you are the murderer. So you don't know. So it's not pre-written. Um, and then everybody gets a character sheet. And it's like throughout the night, people will ask you questions. And they're told what questions to ask you on their character sheet. And it says, if you're innocent, reply this way. If you're guilty, respond this way. So I would imagine with enough preparation, people could have their whole character memorized and all that stuff and really get into it. Our crew, like half the people had no idea what they were doing. They didn't – you know what I mean? So like everyone just sat in a circle and started asking each other questions and then you know, we'd go and everyone was like eating pizza and like hanging out. And then it was like, okay, hey, round two. And then we'd start asking each other questions. And then by the end of the night, there, there was alcohol. By the end of the night, the person who was the murderer was fucking passed out. And it was like, this is ridiculous. 
Um, everyone's like at the final. You're supposed to like talk and like uh, um, everyone's supposed to guess who it is. And then at the end, uh, the murderer is supposed to go last with their final statement. And uh, everybody had gone, but everyone was like, wasn't me. Wasn't me. And then we get to the person and she's just fucking passed out on a couch. And we're like, oh, great. She was the murderer. And then we looked at her card and she was. So <laughs> it was like, this sucked. Um, but I think it could be fun for people. Uh, you know, but you have to have a lot of people. There were like 14 people involved in this thing. And uh, everyone's got to play, play their part. And if they don't, it's just, it's just not as fun. I don't know. It, I, I think people underestimate those things are basically like if you if you're like I would never play something like D and D. Right. You wouldn't do one of these fucking parties. Right. Because right. you have to literally be, be the person. You have to be. You have to role play. Yeah. That's and if what you it don't is. if you don't want to do that, if you're uncomfortable doing that, or if it you know it's not like really something you like to do, then you're not going to like yeah. doing one of these parties. Well, apparently, they, or, this crew I don't know. did I mean, one it, last year and it went really well. They said. And they implemented a drinking rule that, like, no one can have a drink until we're halfway through the murder mystery, you know, to avoid what exactly happened last night. Anyways, it was fun. It was good. It was good company. The people were really nice. Uh, Chelsea and I had a good time. We had fun dressing up. Uh, it was fun. It was a good time. But, yeah, I just wish that the, the game itself kind of lost itself about halfway through because people were distracted or people weren't all in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, that out of the way, man, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, jump right into listener feedback before we start talking about games that we're playing. And uh, it just maybe makes more sense to do it this way. Um, so I we talked about VR last episode first. And you're like, I wonder what games they, they played, right? We, that was a, a curiosity. So on the PlayStation blog... It does talk about the hands-on with four PlayStation VR 2 titles. And those games were Horizon, Forbidden West, just for the listeners, so we can just... Not Forbidden West, but uh, whatever that new Horizon game was. I forget what it's called. Call of the Wild. Call of the Mountain. (laughs) Horizon Call of the Mountain was one of them. And if you go to the PlayStation blog, you can see some footage of it in VR. The other one was Resident Evil Village. Another one was Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 Retribution. And the last one was the Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition. Edge Enhanced mm. Edition, yeah. So those are the four games that the reviewers had made available to them. So I just wanted to follow up because we weren't sure about that on the last episode, and I wanted to be uh, let everybody know. Those were the four. But we did have a couple listener feedback questions or input. So, And I finally figured out maybe what this user handle is on YouTube. It's it's one B L K T A L O N and it must be just be one Black Talon. Um he, one Black Talon wrote in and said you sometimes speak about the Metro games, are they all good? Should they be played in order or just the most recent one? So uh I wrote him back already or her and uh I said that they definitely should be played in order and Exodus is more open world. And Jake, you never got through Exodus, right? Yeah, so I really liked Metro 2033, which is the first one, and Metro Last Light. Um, I didn't like the ending of Last Light, but I liked everything else about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, the newest one, Exodus, didn't grab me. I, I hate. I, I didn't like the whole like 
get the train going and then all oh, the train stops now i'm gonna run around this open world spot for a little bit and then get the train going oh now the train stops let's run around this area for yeah, a there's little, very little know. metro in the third game you're not really underground you're actually outside so i just i wish i wish that it was i remember when they announced exodus it seemed like a really cool idea but by the time i played it I was just so fatigued on the idea of open worlds generally mm. that, like, when they crammed one into this game, I was just like, eh. Like, I don't It wasn't like, like open world. So it, it's kind of – I don't know if it's a misnomer to call it open world. It's, it's like sections of the game. So the game progresses and it's like, oh, here's, like, a sandbox to play in. And then it's like, okay, the train goes a little further. Here's a new sandbox. Okay. But honestly, by the end of this game, the story ramps up and it gets really fucking cool. Um, I did like this game a lot. And uh, I like how they updated it on the PS5. So not run super, super smooth on the PS5. So I don't know what you're playing on, One Black Talon. But if uh, uh, I would recommend to do them in order because they the story carries through all three games. There's a, there's a through line to them all. you know, So it's important. But I don't know. Jake, you're the one who actually turned me onto these Metro games. I had never heard of them. I remember you talking about them on a podcast a long, long time ago. And I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking try them out. Yeah, and play them on PS4 or PS5. Get the Redux. The original. So, yeah, so the, the play the Redux versions because the original Metro 33 is like straight up a survival game. Like, it is fucking hard. And that's, that's like the PC version of the like the original version of metro 23 i don't even know you might have the option actually i think when you play the redux version you have the option of choosing which like style that you want to play yeah and i mean i prefer the style that's a little bit more of a shooter and a little bit less of a survival game that doesn't mean you still don't occasionally run out of ammo and you still don't need to find resources and things like that you still don't need to find, like, you know, mask filters and all that shit. But, like, the original version was pretty hardcore. Yeah. And if you... And the enemies were super hard and all that stuff. Yeah, so. if you want a freaking challenge, play any of those games on, like, Ranger Hardcore mode. It's insane. You can actually walk yourself into a no-return point, like, if you don't have enough air filters and stuff. And then she's like, okay, I can't get past this part. I didn't prepare. But yeah. they're a good game. So, and then played by Ken Ropak... Uh, I like that these people are writing us on YouTube, and uh, as I said earlier, listeners can as well. But um, Playboy Kent says he enjoyed the state of play, but the game he's looking forward to the most at the moment wasn't shown on here. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. And he says it was shown on the Nintendo Direct the same day as the state of play, but it is coming to PlayStation as well in December, he thinks. Um, he said it looks mm-hmm. like a good remaster remake. And so I appreciate that feedback. This game wasn't even on my radar. He sent He sent a trailer to us on YouTube. It looked really cool. But uh, him bringing this up reminded me about a game that my brother has been completely uh, on on fire about. And it's coming out soon, I believe. And it's called Ayudan Chronicle 100 Heroes. And this game, I put a link to it in our notes, Jake, is freaking fantastic. And I put it on a response to uh, Played by Ken on our YouTube uh, episode 241. This game looks awesome. And... Uh, it's it's kind of like a sweet it in. It's got like the uh, the heart of that game, apparently, and uh, it got kickstarted or something. And all this stuff happened with it. My brother said he kickstarted it, and um, 
he is speculating that the success and interest in this game is what is invigorating these new Suikoden games that were announced. Um, it's like part, isn't it like part of the Suikoden universe or something? This like game it's related. here? I don't think yeah. it is. I, I believe it's a completely standalone thing. It could be maybe. I think it's made possibly by someone who was involved in it. I might be getting this confused with another news story I have in the notes for today, but I don't know the whole story on Ayudin Chronicles 100 Heroes, but the game looks sick. And I think the release date's coming out pretty soon on that one. But thanks for writing in, uh, you two, uh, both of you to our YouTube channel. And I just wanted to at least address that on this show. For anyone who doesn't go to our YouTube channel, we are getting some feedback and comments, and we are interacting with folks over there. And you can as well if you just subscribe to our channel over there. And uh, I don't know, Jake, I think that we should talk about games that we are playing now. I um, learned I learned that Octopath Traveler was available on iOS last episode, doing our little deep dive. So I downloaded Champions of the Continent, Octopath Traveler for iOS, and I started it. So my plan, we were driving to Pittsburgh, was to download the game beforehand. I was riding uh, front seat, and Chelsea was driving us to Pittsburgh the other day, and I was just going to sit there in the passenger seat and tool around with it. And as soon as I opened the game, it says, additional download required, like 100 no, like 800 gig megs or something. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Maybe, yeah, I'm not doing that on my cell tower or whatever. So, I didn't get to play it. So, I've only gotten recently able to mess with it, and the controls seem pretty good. It doesn't do a good job really explaining how the game is played. Uh, I think it assumes a lot that you know how it works, and it's one of those gotcha games. Uh, so you're constantly kind of putting the work in to get coins to unlock new characters and uh, my brother said that if anyone's interested in playing this game he did uh, installs reinstalls 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 they give you so many gems when you when you start the game and the characters you get are completely random when you pull them with the gems they give you and he said like because the way the game is structured with the with the gotcha thing that good luck progressing quickly unless you have, like, a super awesome character in your party. So he had to, like, restart the game, like, six times in order to get one of those characters just to make it, like, tolerable, he said. Um, which pisses me off. He said the regular story is fine. Like, you can get through a lot of that. But, like, if you want to do any of the extra content in the game, like, you're going to want a better character. So... That's kind of frustrating. I can't wait for Octopath Traveler 2. I just want a game that's not trying to fucking make me pay money to play it while I'm playing it. <laughs> so this game is a, uh, apparently it's it's billed as a prequel to Octopath Traveler. Okay. And it looks really similar just in terms of the way that like the game looks. Yeah. But I don't understand why there's eight fucking people on the screen when there's combat. I don't really understand that. I there must be some kind of like tag team mechanic or something like that that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, there's like eight characters on the screen at once during combat. And in Octopath, unless I just didn't unlock something, there was only ever four characters you could play at once on the screen, and you would have to kind of, like, pick and choose which party members you wanted to take with you for certain things. 
Yeah, and I didn't I didn't uh, play any battles yet or anything. And like I said, I downloaded it, and then it was like you need to download more shit. And then like the other day, I kind of got through the mini tutorial. And I started walking around this town, just talking to people. And then I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with this for now, and haven't gone back. It was charming. It looked really nice. Uh, I'll probably tool around on it, you know, on my lunch breaks at work or something. I don't know. The other game I'm playing is uh, that I finished. I finally finished Lake, which was the mail delivery game. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, they give you a, a choice. And I didn't realize that it would be that difficult for me to choose. And the choices are simple. It's just like, do you want to stay in this town and not go back to your job? Do you want to go back to your job? Or do you want to like just like go on a road trip? Those are your three choices. And it doesn't really fucking matter. But I was like, you know what? I kind of like this place now. <laughs> and I was like, but then, then you could be responsible, go back to your IT job and make tons of money. Or you can be a free spirit and not work at all and just roll around in an RV. But I decided to hang out in town, stay there. And uh, yeah, anyways, it, it was a cute little game. Jake, what have you been playing? Uh, so I'm still chipping away at all the side quests in Cyberpunk. I've gotten, I think I'm pretty close. Something that's really annoying me about this game is that a lot of the side quests are like, and they seem like they're, they, they, they seem like the story of them is really cool, but it's kind of like the Witcher, how the Witcher side quests seemed really important, but the but Cyberpunk has been doing this thing that's been really pissing me off where it's like you'll do – like they'll be like, you got a side quest and it's like, OK, you got to do this thing. And you go do this thing and it's like 20 minutes long and then they're like, wait for a day for somebody to call you back. <laughs> and then it's just like, OK. So I wait a day and do a bunch of other shit. They call me back. And I do another little thing, and it's like, wait for a day to this per- – it's like the same fucking quest. Like they're ask waiting for me to like – I have to wait for them. And I guess you could sit there and wait and keep scrolling time or whatever, but it like breaks the immersion of the game because the whole time V's like dying. And like – so I'm just like so irritated with it. I did – I just did a quest though that is fucking awesome. It's probably one of my favorite quests of the game just because of how fucking weird it is. I wonder is, if which I is, even did it without being it's too the spoilery. One, just, yeah, what, so it's the side quest with the um, the cop character who's, who's, who's a detective and his nephew is missing. Is that the guy who has like a family? Do you go eat with his family and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, like, it's his sister's kid. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that side quest, yeah. It was fucking awesome because it's very, like, there are a lot of shades of things, like, it's like a it's like a horror thing. And, like, there are a lot of shades of, of movies, like... Um, oh, I remember how this ended up. Like, yeah. The Cell... I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Long which is fucking ago. awesome if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but it, that, it, the quest like, reminds me of that movie a lot. It's really, really cool. Uh, but anyway, so I, I have been playing that. I'm getting to the point where I'm just like – Yeah. There's like a couple of like mainline side quests that I'm trying to do, like the one with Judy where you're trying to take out clouds and like 
the one with this cop guy and stuff. Yeah. And as soon as I get those squared off, I'm going to go do the the point of no return stuff because mm-hmm. I'm. Did you I, do- as much as I'm enjoying that game, I am kind of ready to be done. with What'd it. you think or of the taxi off. mission? The one where you're you have to go get all the different like iterations of Delamain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. You go I mean, into the was, shop was, and like it's hacked, and the Delamains are trying to take it over or whatever. Yeah, it's so yeah. fucking cool. There's a lot of yeah, cool shit like that in the game. There's a lot of cool, cool. CD Projekt Red does a really good job of like making missions that are like interesting and fun, and I think that this game is no exception. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other than that, I've been playing Toem or Tome or however the hell you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, the game we picked. Yeah, our our PS Plus game this month, and uh, I won't talk too much about it because. We'll probably talk about it next week, I'm guessing. Um, but uh, it's cool. It's cute. It's small. I mean, I, I've I played it for – I'm a couple hours into it. I'm on like the third third or fourth like area I'm on that the you third, go to. Yeah. Um, but if you're not into like kind of slow like puzzle games, you're probably not going to like this game. I mean, that's just kind of like my surface level kind of reaction to it just because it is very like you're just taking pictures and like a lot of the pictures that you need to get to for these quests are like – yeah, it's kind of like a puzzle you have to solve on how to get the picture or whatever. Right. So, it's almost like a, um adventure game meets a photo game. Yeah, but it's like it's not nearly as hardcore as like an actual adventure game. Adventure so, light. <laughs> yeah, but I will say art style is really cool. Um, it runs really re- really well. I like the music. I like that uh, the main character has a Walkman, but it's called a Hike Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but we can talk about that more next week. Yeah, we'll talk. So that's all I've been playing pretty much. Yeah, what Jake was talking about. If you're new to the show, we uh, we pick out a game. Every month with the PlayStation Plus essential offerings uh, that they roll out each month. And then we talk about it uh, at the end of end of that month and we let the listeners know. And then you guys can play along with us. All right. Let's move in to the news, Jake. And um, this is probably the biggest news point and this will be the title of the podcast because why wouldn't it be? Um, maybe we'll pick up a couple listeners. Grand Theft Auto 6, there have been some really insane leaks. Now, this is so – this is so not Rockstar, right? And and there was a lot of speculation. And when these started dropping, I sent you a couple links, Jake, on your – to your text. And I was like, these 100% look legit. And, uh, you know, there must have been 100 or so videos that came out. And they were just – it was like screen recordings of developer – um, developers working on the game, so these different cut scenes of gameplay. Um, but of course, as you and I well know, and as our listeners surely know, that building a game like we when a game is delivered to us, it's like, as they would say in Cyberpunk, it's preem. Like it is polished as hell. Like you don't just work on developing a game 
with the best skins and textures and all that shit, right? It's not the way it works. Uh, it's usually polygons and you're just working on coding and making sure things are going to work and development and design. I'm not even a game designer. I know that. Um, you know, I, I think the the music and score and voice acting, all that stuff comes well after this, probably. But the leaks came out, and there was speculation whether it was real, whether it was not, whether it was uh, – there might have even been some speculation as to whether Rockstar intentionally leaked this stuff. Um, so we now know that it was not intentional, and this was a complete security breach of – I don't know how the videos got acquired, but um, the the as it goes right now, the person who apparently – or the people or persons that were involved in the Rockstar leaks that just went all over the internet, um, as they also were involved in hacking Uber somehow. And I don't know how the two were connected. I don't know if they used the same kind of uh, – security technology or something. I, I don't understand the connection between the two and I tried to figure it out. But they were both hacked around the exact same time. And uh, I know that London police, F, I don't know if it's FBI or whatever their equivalent is up there, but they picked up a 17-year-old in London and uh, this information was was brought to everybody via Uber. And they said that they believed that the, the suspect in custody was also involved in the Rockstar leaks. So, which is really freaking interesting. So it wasn't even Rockstar that said, hey, they got the guy or they, you know, Uber is talking and they're connecting it to the Rockstar leaks as well. And uh, the video that were, the videos that were leaked were, were super early stage videos Um to me, it, it just kind of got me kind of excited. The videos look promising, I think. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, but there, there was also a lot of, a lot of la- backlash from, from gamers that are just like, someone said something like, oh, this will be the final graphics or something like that. Obviously, like, you know, they're doing something different here. And it's like, no, you fucking idiot. It's not going to be the final fucking graphics. This is, this is clearly early development game footage. Um, but uh, anyways, it, it's it's it was a really weird thing that happened, and I don't know that I one hundred percent have any opinions on it. I don't even know that it really even hurts Rockstar or Grand Theft Auto Six. Um, but as a result of the leak, something interesting happened, and there was some solidarity between game developers, and some developers were releasing early early pre-production video of their games, but games that had already been released, right? There was like a chase scene from Uncharted that somebody posted, like a developer. I don't think it was Naughty Dog directly, somebody who worked there or something that probably had permission that was on a YouTube video, like a making of. They're like, no, this is actually what games do look like when they're being developed. Um, There was a uh, God of War video where there were no textures, no colors. It was just like lines, and it was like one of the cinematics or something. And they're like, no, this is exactly how games are made. So there was a rumor swirling around that this is pretty much final footage of the game. And there were enough idiots out there that started to believe it. And I don't understand that. Or the concern was that this was going to somehow – now, I think that the issue is it's there. in some of these videos, there there was code on the screen, right? Some development code. 
And so Rockstar was like super concerned um, that now their code had been compromised for the game code. Um, so they did come back. Rockstar came back and they said that uh, this leak is not going to impact the development of Grand Theft Auto 6. And uh, they, they did release a tweet. And uh, I'll read the message, Jake, and then we could talk about it. Um, so a message from Rockstar Games. Uh, it was a tweet, but it was also on their website, I believe. It says, we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effects on the development of our ongoing projects. We're extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we remain as committed as ever to deliver uh, to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon, and of course, we'll properly introduce you to this next gen or, or this next game when it's ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through the situation, Rockstar Games team. So the thing that sucks about this, and, and then I got one more little input, is it like a fucking game like GTA 6, everybody wants to see something, right? And part of ramping up the hype of the game is teasing things and dribbling things out little by little. So even though this is really, really, really early game production video, you lose a little bit of the excitement. It's like, it's like Christmas is on its way, but you already saw the unwrapped present in your parents' closet. And it's like, I'm still fucking excited for the gift, but like, I'm losing that bit of like, hmm, you know, because ultimately a lot of this video just looked like another fucking Grand Theft Auto in a big city. You know, it just didn't look like there was anything crazy going on here, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, but I, I don't know, Jake. What, what's your take on all this? This was, this was like fucking huge news. Um, so, first of all, it's hard for me to believe that a 17-year-old could hack both Uber and fucking Rockstar. Um, but the second thing is like – okay, so the second thing – I guess the first real thing that I'll say is that you had texted me about this and sent me the link to all the footage. Yeah. And I was in the middle of something at work whenever you sent it to me, so I couldn't look at it. And then by the time I went back to look at it, it had been taken down. Oh, so you didn't and see any of that it? footage? So no, I haven't seen any of it. So all that footage is gone now because Take Two went around everywhere and and copyrighted all of it. So um, I feel privileged. But I've now. seen, but, but but I've seen images. Okay, right? And I mean. First of all, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't fucking look at it. Right, right. Sec- second of all, Grand Theft Auto, those games are so big and they're so expansive that I don't know that like they could really spoil the whole game for you. Like, no, I don't definitely think can't possible. spoil the game. And, and to your point, like these games take – I mean, this game is probably going to be in the neighborhood of six to seven years for development. So I, I, I'm going to say that 
it's going to look completely different by the time it comes out. So I don't even know if necessarily this really is going to be much of a spoiler for anything other than the fact that, oh, it's a it's a you're playing as a woman and you're in a city. Those are the big spoilers. The thing that's exciting you know? is it, to me as a gamer, it's like, OK, this is real. Like. It's fucking going to happen. It's been so long since we've gotten a new Grand Theft Auto game at this point. It's kind of cool. Confirms yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I the thing about Grand Theft Auto games, <laughs> and I would I would even say this about GTA Five. In GTA Five was a phenomenon, is that the game may have better graphics, the game may have a bigger city, it may have this, that, or whatever. But unless they do something really crazy, you know exactly what you're gonna fucking get when you right. get a Grand Theft Auto game. That doesn't mean it's not the – it's like Call of Duty. Call of Duty is the biggest fucking game every single year. But you know exactly what you're going to get when you get Call of Duty. So like leaks and spoilers are almost pointless. It'd be like Spoiler leaking – Sorry. It'd be like leaking the, the new Gran Turismo footage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean it's like – exactly. I mean it's basically like that. I mean short of them – now, if they leaked the whole story somehow, that would be a different thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like whenever – I don't know. Like when – like the leaks – the leaks for The Last of Us Part Two were way more of a problem than this because pe- people play The Last of Us because of the story. Right, and, and that's so what got leaked. And so when the leaked. whole story and all the cinematics were leaked like a few months before launch, I mean that's a big deal. That And that definitely negatively impacted the sale of that game. 100%. But this, but this is like, oh, it's a bunch of footage of uh, and, and photos of like a person like running around a city. It's like, okay, well, I could have told you that's what the next Grand Theft Auto game was going to look like. Right now, maybe it, we, it, they've confirmed that it's a woman female character, and that's cool. Like, I'm excited to see that and uh, and play that for sure. But I don't know, man. I I think that it's I think that it's a big deal because. Rockstar, as big as they are, have never been breached like this. Their games don't really leak. That's what I'm saying. It's really they, atypical. So, so that is the big story. Not so much that like this information the is out there because because who fucking cares? But like the fact that Rockstar was hacked and that it's in connection with like not just that one of their developers like posted some shit online that they shouldn't have. Which I think is most of what leaks are, or like uh, preview builder, like preview people, or um, mock reviewers and stuff. I think those people are usually the Q&A ones that people, leak games, yeah. right? But like this seems, it, it sounds like Rockstar was actually f- like fucking hacked in some capacity. They were intruded, which is, which is like it, it's the way that they, the way that they're. Uh, the way that they're talking about it, it makes it almost seem a little bit more malicious. Oh, for sure. You know, so and so I think that's kind of probably the most interesting part about it. And we'll see. I mean, honestly, they could have leaked the whole fucking game and it really wouldn't matter to me. But um, it's it's so weird. Games are so weird compared to like if you think about something like movies. Movies, we have like we know who's in it. We have footage of the fucking shoots and the sets and the scripts and all this shit for like years before a fucking movie will come out. Yeah. 
this stuff is just reported on regularly. Video games are like the only artistic platform where like super secret. Where like it's a secret until it comes out. And when you have thousands of people working on something, like I don't how is it even possible? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they've done it to this point is pretty amazing. Like think about even music. Like artists will release like songs off of their upcoming album, like leading up to the in album. In advance, yeah. In advance. Because like they want to generate hype and stuff like that. Whereas like and I and I get that, you know, there is a marketing cycle for games where they're releasing like, you know, vertical trailers and, and shit, but like usually it's at like the last you're in like the you're in like zero hour when you're fucking releasing that stuff. The game is basically complete. Or at least like it's in full form. Whereas like, I don't know. It's it's really strange to me. But this is it's definitely interesting news. Yeah. Well, I I absolutely long for the moment when a big fucking developer just says, oh, by the way, our game's out today. You didn't even know we were making it, but here's Uncharted 5. Or here's the new Fallout game. Surprise. No, No fucking reviews. No PR. No promotion. Just, oh, by the way, here's The Witcher 4. Like I want that to happen so badly. I think it, I think it would be no no company can take that risk though. No AAA company can take that risk. But I think no. I think a hundred percent that if they were to do something like that, could you imagine? They wouldn't have to pay for any anything. the 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 act of doing that alone would generate so much fucking buzz everywhere that they would never have to actually pay for an advertisement for their fucking game and then if their game's awesome all of all of the praise that they would get afterwards it would just carry that fucking game for so long it would be the talk of town it would be the first time anything like that's ever been done and it you would go down in history at least for that and it's so hard to get recognized and noticed in today's video game industry like why hasn't that happened why isn't a triple a company just like oh here's the new borderlands boom it's out it's out now it just dropped like I just I don't think that they could take. I mean, it, when a game costs two, three hundred million dollars to make, I, yeah. I don't think that they can take the risk of just like dropping it, hoping it gets picked up, and then take the slow burn. Yeah, you probably would have a ramp of sales pretty quickly once people realized it was there. But there are all, I would say a vast majority of gamers they don't. They don't do stuff like scour the forums and mm. fucking read the IGNs and listen to the podcasts. Right. Like, that, yeah, that's the devil's they advocate. See, yeah. They see the commercials on TV for Madden and fucking Call of Duty. Or even for stuff. the consoles, like, right? Yeah, it's super like, old. What, yeah, like why do you think Call of Duty puts so much money into their marketing? Right. It's, it's because like their fan base doesn't – I would say mostly. I don't know. I, this might be a generalizing and I apologize if it is but – I would say that most of their fan base, like, they know a new Call of Duty game is coming out because of fucking ads. <laughs> it's it's not like – I mean now Same, I guess if they're hard yeah. – if they're hardcore, they probably look like when's the next game coming out. But like I don't know, man. It, it I, I do think that the cycle should be shortened for sure. It doesn't need to be this like two-year bullshit. Like it could be – Three months? Like six months, three months, four months. I don't I would say that six months is that's what 
that's what Bethesda did with Fallout 4 and it was like perfect. It was they they announced it in like March and or March or uh April. They did a full reveal at E3 and then it was out in November. Yeah. And it was like that's like perfect cuz it gives you time to like sort of ramp up hype for it and like roll out content on it. But people aren't waiting forever and like seeing that the you know the ups and downs and the this and the that and the though the game was shitty and then we made it good and then oh we reacted poorly to this trailer and blah 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 blah. I don't know. I mean the voice acting sucked on this trailer, but it was decent on this one, you know. Not yeah, I mean maybe they're maybe that's part of the reason why they release it so early is to gauge the audience's feedback <laughs> on what they release and if they need to adjust it before it comes out. Yeah, there's I mean, probably a little bit of that wouldn't be the first time it's happened. Probably a little bit of truth to that as well. But I still uh, want that to happen someday. And when it does, I think it's honestly going to get I hope you're right, but I think it's honestly just going to keep getting worse because even, you know, Bethesda did that with Fallout 4 and it like people loved it. It was a smash hit. But with Starfield, they fucking announced it like 3 years before it came. it's coming out in whatever February. And they announced The Elder Scrolls 6 probably like six or seven years before that game's coming out. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I Now that's just one company, but even God of War, they announced it uh, for 2020, I think. Yeah. No, they, they announced it in 2020 because it was like during some of that, uh, promo, that, that like, some of that material coming up to the PS5 uh, launch. It was like the middle of 2020. It was just that like splash screen God of War Ragnarok. I remember that, yep. And, uh, you know, we'll be getting it at the end of 2022. So, I mean, that's a couple years later. I mean, it's... The Last of Us Part Two was pretty close to that. Um, And then obviously, inevitably, all these games get pushed. So, (laughs) there's even more time yeah but i don't know well anyways that's that's maybe another conversation um release windows for games but speaking of hacks jake another studio was hacked did you see anything about this one 2k was hacked recently so listeners if you have a 2k account be mindful of changing your passwords and go directly to the site to do it. Don't click on links in emails that you get from them. Maybe 2K, they were talking about the Borderlands games and uh, uh, some other some other accounts. And, and essentially, if you have a 2K account. So, um, interesting. 2K owns Rockstar. Right. So, it's all part of that intrusion. But... I mean, I, I don't know if they're related, if those two... Intrusions are related. I'm sure they but, are connected. Um, it can't it can't be a coincidence. But 2K owns. Oh, sorry. Take two owns 2K. I don't know which way it know works. Which, I don't know which way it goes, but but all of them are part of the same freaking company, right? So, so they're saying though, like email account passwords and stuff, or your your account passwords and account info for 2K possibly is compromised. So just an FYI to the listeners, if you have that, make sure you go in. And uh, and make it right. So another another interesting thing, and I'm not sure I'm not sure where I fall on this. 
maybe maybe you'll have more of an opinion than me, Jake, but the Splinter Cell remake that Ubisoft Toronto is apparently working on, uh, they have on a job posting or somewhere that they're still looking for a script writer for this game. And they and they indicate that in the in the thing it says they they want to rewrite the story to make it more modernized. So it's not going to be a one-to-one Splinter Cell remake. They're actually going to like... Well, at this point, why don't they just make it like a new Splinter Cell game instead of calling it a Splinter Cell remake? Like if they're going to rewrite the story and characters and shit. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they rewrote... They rejiggered... Um, Resident Evil 2 when they remade it and people loved it so it that doesn't just because they're refactoring it a little bit doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad or or you know needs to be called something else but a lot of those that game cheap- is supposed to go that game is supposed to come out in like January no no I'm sorry I'm thinking of the Dead Space remake right it's supposed to come out in like January yeah we're talking Splinter Cell so we're talking Splinter Cell so I don't know when this game – if they announced when this game was supposed to come out. But if they are going to rewrite it a little bit, I'm OK with it. I mean I don't know if – I didn't really remember all that much about the story of Splinter Cell. I've never I played a remember, Splinter Cell game. Yeah. I mean I just remember, remember the stealth gameplay being really, really innovative for the time. So maybe it will matter. Maybe it won't. It wouldn't definitely won't matter to me because I don't remember the fucking story from the first one. Yeah, I just don't. Now, if there are people that are hardcore, might care, but it doesn't make know. sense to me. Like, you need to hire a scriptwriter to modernize a game. If you're making small adjustments, I mean, usually you don't need a scriptwriter. Like a scriptwriter sounds like a complete overhaul of a game. Um, unless it's just a fancy title for someone. Hey, we need you to figure out a way to do integrate this or that. I don't know. They could also be writing like side dialogue. Maybe there's, you know, side quests that they're going to be writing that weren't in the original game. Maybe they're writing for DLC content or something like that that the game is going to have. Okay. I mean, it's entirely possible that this is you know, an additional thing and not necessarily uh you know, the game is on hold waiting for a new fucking script writer. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, it could be that maybe they need somebody to help fill in gaps. Yeah, maybe. And But I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Gearbox. Uh, Randy Pitchford. The dude over there. I believe, is he the head of Gearbox? Yeah. I thought so. He He came out. And he indicated that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, a game I have yet to play, uh, was apparently an enormous success. And they have a new franchise on their hands. And the game apparently has broken all expectations both internally and critically. So they're like, they're going to ride this shit out. They they think they've uh, dialed this one in. This is this is the next thing. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't played this game. I know someone who was playing it. My buddy Mike that I don't talk to very frequently just because we don't communicate often. Um, good guy. Uh, I need to write him and ask him what he thinks about it. He said he was really sucked into this game last time I talked to him. If, did you play? You didn't play this, right? 
No, I didn't play it, but I was definitely interested in playing it. It looks really cool. I mean, I, I, I as far as Borderlands games go, it, it looks kind of right up my alley. So I'm uh, definitely interested in giving it a shot. It's like there's too many games. We run into this problem once in a games. while. Like we're like there's enough good shit out there that like you kind of got to pick your game and go. Like especially when you're an adult and you're like older and you're working and shit like and you have family and other priorities like dude it ha ah. Oh to be a child in today's age. Like could you imagine all the free time if all you had to do was fucking go to school and come home? How much video gaming you could get in? I imagine a lot of I think that probably what if you were to really look at all the data, it would show that less people are probably finishing games. Yeah. And it's interesting. Just generally, I bet that people are probably pl- like even kids like you're talking about, they're probably playing more games, but they're probably finishing less of them. But I could be wrong about that. I wonder what the completion rate is on games. I'm sure you could look at like the, some trophy data and stuff for games, you know, cause you always get a trophy when you beat a game, but the number of people who've gotten the first trophy versus the number of people who got the last trophy and do the math. But I it, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, I I can't start a game and not beat it. Like, I have to finish it for the most part. I don't yeah. know. I, I digress. I just feel like, especially if I purchase the thing, like I'm fucking right. getting through it, you know. It's different, I guess, if you get one of these. I don't know, down, downloadable streaming games you just have access to and you want to try it out. But if you're buying a game, you got to fucking finish it. All right, this next one's a really interesting news point. And, you know, I, I haven't seen much about this, and I don't know that we will, but Sony has been refusing to quote-unquote buck up and support new IPs that are JRPGs. Um. There's a game in development which has been fully kickstarted at one and a half million dollars. Uh, X Wild Arms designer Akifumi Kaneko was outspoken about his attempts to lure Sony into the project, only to be repeatedly ignored and turned down by the company. He said uh, the game is called Armed Fantasia to the End of Wilderness, and Akifumi indicated, per an article from Push Square, when it comes to making a new JRPG. Japanese publishers just won't take the risk, Kaneko admitted. In my case, I went I went to Sony over and over again, but nothing came of it. It's not so much that JRPGs aren't popular, it's that publishers won't let us make them. He added that established series like Persona and Final Fantasy have no issues getting funded, but it's new IP that face the problem. So, I can't tell if this is a bitter game designer just shitting on Sony or if there's actually some some teeth to this and my brother is a huge JRPG fan and more specifically like the turn-based strategy RPG JRPGs right and if you look there haven't been a lot of new good ones of these um perhaps one of the exceptions would be Octopath and guess what it didn't release on Sony didn't release on PlayStation. So is there a reason that is Sony intentionally trying not to create a catalog that's full of these style of games? Are they trying to get away from their past? Are they only 
Do they not really? I mean, if you go to the PlayStation Store, there's so many, so many JRPGs on there. But I guess if you have an awesome game and you go to Sony and you say, hey, uh, you know, can we do this together? And it's, and they're like, no. And that's just interesting. Or they don't even respond. That's interesting. You would expect maybe a response or some sort of... Who knows what exactly happened here. But I think there might be teeth here, Jake, because when was the last time an awesome JRPG, brand new, was like made for PlayStation? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's not really my wheelhouse, so I don't know if I'd be able to tell you. But it's... Uh definitely been a while i mean sony's been basically buckled down with uh sort of the western audience yep and uh making all those like third person action games which is cool i mean those games are great 100 percent. i would have loved to see i think octopath I don't know how much that was Sony and how much of that was just Nintendo locking it down. Because mm-hmm. Square is really weird about like spreading their exclusivity all over the fucking place with their games. So I'm not sure about that, but I definitely think that Sony needs to try to get something like this. I mean, if this is a spiritual successor to Wild Arms, I mean, that would be a pretty... It would be a pretty awesome kind of get for Sony, and it really probably wouldn't cost them that much money. I mean, I'm sure the game's right. not going to be that expensive, especially if it was already partially kickstarted or mm. whatever, or partially funded by Kickstarter or whatever. <coughs> yeah, one and a half I mean, million dollars now fully kickstarted. I mean, obviously yes. there's interest in this game, right? So it seems kind of silly, and yeah, I mean, the game will likely end up coming out on on uh playstation or whatever but i mean all that like like microsoft could just come in and be like yeah we'll fund it if you put it on game pass and that'll be it but it's uh i don't know man it's really strange i don't know why sony is is not going outside of the box anymore other than just like pure purely it's like a financial defense for them to not go outside of the box with any of their stuff. Right. Well, there's that game I talked about earlier too, that Aiden Chronicles. Like that would have been an awesome PS, you know, PS5 exclusive or something. Or I mean, they need something like that to like bring that audience in. Um, well, it could also be that there's baggage there. Because like if you think about Wild Arms, I believe the original. So Wild Wild Arms. When I'm looking it up right now, Wild Arms game. Um. So, publishers. Yeah. So I mean, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to see what the original Wild Arms game. Yeah. Well, they're saying this isn't. This isn't a sequel to Wild Arms, right? This is. I, I understand. I understand. But um. So Sony published the original Wild Arms. Yeah. And that could be why. They don't want to. They don't want to do this. But if that's the case, like, why don't you just fucking let them make the game a Wild Arms game? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, it just seems it seems so weird to me. I I like why they don't just just jump back into the well on some of these IP that they have. That yeah, this game is not going to sell ten million copies, 
But I wouldn't be shocked if it was good if it sold a million copies, which is probably way more than enough to to fund the game and make some money on it. Yeah. But it's small pennies, you know. It's it's small. Um, it's small cookies compared to your, you know, your God of Wars, which will probably profit like five hundred million dollars or something. Yeah, but I feel like so, having these games in your in your catalog, right? That 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 builds confidence in what you're doing and that builds that builds connections with new gamers you know because they don't really have they don't really have a, a I don't know a, a hat in the ring as far as this and they used to be the leader of JRPGs and these kinds of games like the PS2 era my god there are so many of them and and people loved them and like if that's your style of game you're gonna buy all of them and those people are out there and they're thirsty so like why, why why just when this comes knocking on your door why turn it down like it doesn't make sense to me I don't know it was almost it almost seemed like hey we're gonna throw in right down the middle for you Sony this is the 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 developer a designer from Wild Arms created this fucking game and he's saying here it is uh, and they're like nah <laughs> it's just so fucking weird like I don't know that's like handing somebody. Handing somebody money, essentially, unless it was just too much, I guess. I, I don't know. I, who knows the the rest of this story? But I thought it was interesting. That article was on Push Square. If you want to read it, um, let's move on a little bit. We need to wish happy birthday to Sly Cooper. Um, and uh, the uh, this is kind of cool, and it's kind of sad at the same time. As I was kind of writing the notes up. We'd be remiss not to say happy birthday, but the game franchise uh, just turned 20, um, 20 years old. So uh, we'll start with the positive. You can purchase a really nice poster on the PlayStation Store and a nice plushie of Sly if you want. It's nice to see Sly getting some love. I've played all the Sly games. I've really enjoyed them. Yeah, they're a little, I don't know, they're a little weird at times, but um, Sucker Punch has announced that they're not going back to this franchise. So Sly may be dead at 20. Uh, we we may not get a 30 or a 35 or a 40. This could be it. This could be the proper send-off that Sony feels to give them. Um, what do you think about this? Do you think you think it's over for Sly? Uh, I'd be shocked if it was completely over, but I could definitely see it going to another developer other than Sucker Punch. I mean, they didn't even make the last one. Sanzaru made the last one. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's cool that they're at least acknowledging it, even if they aren't announcing a new game for it. But, I never say never, I guess. Fair enough. We talked about PSVR a little bit ago, Jake. And what I wanted to talk on briefly was that there's a new video ad that's got people excited for it. And the one thing we still don't know, the big question everybody has is what the hell is the VR2 going to cost? And uh, I don't want to kick a dead horse by just talking about speculating on the price because I've done that a few episodes now. But I do want to make it make a note for the record that my original prediction was $499. i am saying $549 now. My price has now gone up. My speculative price for the PSVR 2 
And uh, we know it's coming out early 2023. If you guys want to watch the video, I'm sure you can go to the Push Square site or go to the Sony website or whatever and find it. It's like a two-minute advertisement, but they're really, really talking about all the features on this ad. So it kind of makes me think that they're going to try to get a pretty penny. And I think it might cost more than the console itself. So I'm saying 549 as of today. That's uh... – I don't know. I don't know that they can go that high. I mean, maybe they will, but I just have a hard time believing that they're going to charge more than the price of the console. It seems... uh can always bring it down. You can't ever go higher, and they went higher on their consoles in other countries recently. So. I was going to say, you definitely can go higher. They've already proven that. But <laughs> You shouldn't. It's terrible. Um, terrible business model. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I still think that it's probably going to be... Between four and five hundred dollars. All right, but we won't know probably for another. Who knows when they'll actually let us know? Maybe a couple, couple more months. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully soon here. If the game's coming out in early, if the, the hardware's coming out in early twenty twenty three, hopefully pretty soon here they come out with uh, some kind of announcement on pricing and whether or not or when the pre-orders are going to go live because i definitely want to get my hands on one it's going to be a travesty if neither you nor i can get a copy or get get a psvr2 to talk about on the show one of us has to get it i'm we're both gonna nice. try yeah just just buy a scalped one for Fuck that fucking two thousand dollars all right yeah i don't know not that ain't gonna happen hopefully they'll announce i mean i guess we we want we they can't really enforce this but hopefully like they'll announce some kind of like before announcing the pre-orders they'll come out with some kind of strategy for preventing scalping like it's you know what they should do even they don't even have to prevent scalping they just have to prevent the fucking robots from buying them right yeah yeah if they can prevent that the rest it's fair game at that point who cares if you want to scalp it if you actually as a human purchased it Mm. but i don't know it's the you know it's it's the robots that are an issue they should just give preferential treatment to people who've owned a psvr that they can verify someone that bought the fucking dongle or got the dongle like send them the emails first because you know we're vr gamers give us first stab i don't know anyways hey jim ryan surprisingly and i say surprisingly because he doesn't have the best trek record with us or with playstation gamers in general but he was uh, instrumental with Sony getting behind indie games again. Now, we know that this was an article that was posted, and, and this all came out because Shuhei was talking a bit. But uh, we, we've we seen a little bit of a push for indie games again with Sony. So Shuhei Yoshida had switched roles over at Sony, and apparently this was because Jim Ryan wanted the company to put more into indie games after recognizing the push for AAA games. So part of Yoshida and his team's responsibilities include making sure new indie games don't go unnoticed to consumers. And this explains a lot. I go to the PS blog all the time. There's cool little videos. There's cool little things and little write-ups on these indie games all the time. Um, We've seen a lot of that on the blog lately as well as random random promotion stuff that Sony just – all of a sudden starts getting behind these indie games. And you're like, wait, is that a Sony developer? And it's not. It's like some sort of indie title. Um, and, you know, some of these indie games get a lot of promotion. And then there's an obvious lack of promotion they give to other games. 
Um, and this is because Shuhei Yoshida and his team seem to kind of be like curators of what they perceive to be quote-unquote good indie games or must-play indie games. Um, and there's so many indie games coming to PlayStation that we, we – uh, this, so this says – this is a quote. Sorry. There are so many in, indie games coming to PlayStation that we need – we needed to show consumers which games they needed to be looking at. Also, when developers make great games, we can make sure they're being promoted. And uh, it says some noticeable games that have been positively impacted by the team has been uh, the recent success of Stray and Sifu, both games that got a really nice push. And uh, this was because Jim Ryan stepped in and said, hey – you guys are putting so much emphasis on AAA games. We need to back it up and look at look at the uh, um, indie games. And then Yoshida and company said, we'll do that. And uh, so this is – they think they need to do more than just curate stuff to us as consumers. But I think it's a nice thing. It's, it's almost like, Jake, you know when our record came out, we tried to get songs put on playlists on Amazon. If they were, if the right person heard them or whatever, they could get selected and they go in these playlists. And then, as a musician, you get this uh, this bump in attention in plays, and then people buy your shit because it shows up on their playlist. And they didn't look for you specifically, but they're like, "Oh, I want to listen to singer songwriter bands. I want to listen to bands that sound like Tom Petty. I want to listen to this." And then all of a sudden, your fucking music shows up. There's a team of people on Amazon that pan pick those fucking songs and put them on those playlists. And if you're a musician, and your song gets picked, you get an email. And you said, hey, congratulations, you're now part of the blah, blah, blah playlist. Um, please share the link with, with your friends and fans. You know, And it's a big deal for musicians. And I'm guessing this is very similar with how Sony's handling indie games right now. Um, Shuhei and his team are probably playing these games, and then they decide which ones are awesome and which ones they want to recommend on the PS Store. And then they do a little blog write-up. And uh, that way it gives the appearance of them being a little more indie focused than what they have been in the past, but they're still not, it's still not quite what I want. Jake. To be fair, I'm not even necessarily convinced that these games that they're talking about are all really indie games. Fair enough. I think indie is, indie is such a fluid term nowadays that it's just like a game that is not call of duty is a fucking indie game. Uh, and, like, I don't mean that in, like, the literal sense. I just mean, like, of that highest tier $300 million budget. Like, if you're not spending over $100 million on the game, then it's an indie game. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I can kind of understand that mentality. But, like, for example, Stray. I mean, Stray was published by Annapurna. Like, it's not a small... Like, that game is not a... I wouldn't necessarily call that an independent game. Okay, well, what about Kena but, Bridge of Spirits? Uh, I think that would qualify. Kena is an interesting one. Um, Bridge of Spirits, I'm Googling it right now. Uh, so, Ember Lab developed the game. Yeah, so Ember... I would say that Kena is more akin to the true definition of indie game than um stray is kina kena was both developed and published by themselves yeah they're not beholden to a particular platform or whatever now granted sony may have 
floated them some money in turn in, in order to like get their game on their state of plays and stuff like that. I don't know, but you know, Stray has been like heavily supported since before the PS5 even came out. And I don't know. It, it's it's like when I think of an indie game, I think of something like that Tome game that we're playing right now for the monthly game or golf club you know, wasteland think, or yeah golf club wasteland or, or something like that where it's like okay i'm not saying that the game has to be like flat graphics Cult of the lamb. or whatever you know called of the lamb i wouldn't even necessarily i wouldn't even say that's an indie game because i think that's being published by uh Devolver Digital, I want to say, who's like actually a pretty big fucking publisher now. They just specialize in these small games. games. Slave Spire. Um, sure. <laughs> this needs to be anyway. a new show. This needs to be a new little segment. Indie or yeah. not indie? And I just rattle off games, and you're like, mm, yeah, sure, no. So, so to <laughs> me, to me, it's like, it's to me, it seems like, oh, indie is akin to small budget. Yeah. Right. 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 So, but it's also like it can't be a first party game, which okay, I believe that. But then it's like it can be a third, it can be a third party game, but it can't be a third party game by a big publisher. But it can be a third party game by a small publisher, right? Like Devolver Digital makes all indie games, even though they're not like they're publishing all these games for different studios, which is not necessarily independent. But like no one would ever sit there and say that Final Fantasy 16 is a fucking indie game, even though it's a third-party game. So it's like I guess the point I'm trying to drive across is just that the the term indie game is so loose at this point that I think what it really boils down to is the industry term indie game is referring to just like games that look budget. That aren't fucking Activision, EA, 2K, Rockstar. Yeah, like your sub, let's just say your sub $50 million Square, Gearbox, yeah, Bethesda, yeah, right, right, right. Fair enough. Well, anyways, that's still interesting, I think. So thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, even even if Sony is, even if Sony with Shuhei and Jim Ryan or whatever, if they're even just willing to put more time into these smaller titles, then that's – whether they're indie or not is irrelevant. I mean that's pretty cool. They just need to stop giving store space to like all the shit we talked about a couple weeks ago. All the like trophy slap the shit. potato or you know, jump the monkey or whatever the fuck they Jump the monkey. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate that game. All right. Anyways, moving on to the next – News point. Jacob, and we're almost done with the show here for the listeners who are just like, God, can it be over yet? I'm just kidding. Um, one mention because it's owed to it. Two mentions because it's deserved it. And now three mentions on three back-to-back shows. Jake, Metal Hellsinger makes a return to our show. It gets another shout-out. Now, this indie game... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this game, uh, there's a new video out. It's about 13 minutes long. It's kind of like a doc, mini documentary. It showcases the game soundtrack, the people involved with, with the music selection, how it ha- happened, um, how, the, uh, how it was written. And uh, we absolutely love when music and gaming cross paths. Metal Hellsinger is like the, the perfect example because it's metal music and it's like a first-person shooter. So make sure you check out the mini documentary. 
for instant that kind of shit. You can find it on Push Square or probably YouTube or wherever. Um, it kind of explores the story behind all of the cool music. And what I thought was really interesting about this video is is what I didn't realize, but um, oh, uh, uh, Gamescom they had a Metal Hellsinger concert, um, I guess, which would have been awesome to see. Ah, huh, interesting. Yeah. And they talk about that a little bit in the videos. So, anyways, another shout out to a game I haven't played, and the demo kicked my ass. But uh, moving forward, the Marvel hype train just keeps going, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. EA announced they're working on an Iron Man game in conjunction with Marvel Game Studios, and the game has nothing to do with the Iron Man VR game. And the the Iron Man game is in pre production at the moment, so it'll be a while. I'm getting really sick. Of this, personally, to me, to me, I don't. I can ignore these games when they come out. It's just what bothers me so much is just that this the resources are going towards these games when they could be going towards something else. Like they they could be making, you know, they make a game that's like a fucking Iron Man game. It's like, okay, well, you could make a game that plays like an Iron Man game, but it's a totally brand new IP with new characters and new story and all that stuff. And because chances are what happens in these boardrooms is that these guys are like, I got this awesome idea for a fucking game. And some executives like that would be awesome as an Iron Man title. You know what I mean? And then like so now maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean maybe maybe some of these games turn out to be – that they were developed from the ground up to be a superhero game, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're like, okay, we got a good idea, but the only way that we're going to make this profitable is if we tie it to some, you know, high scoring IP like Iron Man or, you know, whatever the one we talked about last week was Captain America, Black Panther, whatever. I mean, but who knows? I mean, maybe it'll be good. I, it's hard to talk too much shit just because the Spider-Man games are so good, but it's just like you said, they, they it's just nonstop. They've been putting more and more in the last couple of years. It seems like they've just been firehosing us with Marvel games, and it seems kind of seems kind of played out at this point. But apparently, Marvel's still huge. I don't know. Yeah, they are. It's a big deal. I lost track of the movies a long time ago. They started having TV spinoff shows and fucking comic book tie-ins, and then. You know, alternate alternate universes with the time guy, doctor, whatever his name is, and it's just too much. And you start following like uh, Tony Stark's freaking entourage had their own TV show, and it's just like, man, this is too, this is too much, man. It's too much at once. Uh, yeah, and who has that kind of time in their life? Couple news points left, Jake. Next news point. Involves Marvel, the Spider-Man. So essentially, this game came to PC. There's some mods. If you haven't seen this video, Jake, you need to click on it real quick. Um. Oh, I missed one, but that's all right. Uh, this is a first-person mod for Marvel Spider-Man, and it is nauseating, but it is also awesome looking like i can't imagine playing the game this way but it looks so wild and i never really thought about what it looked like like if you were spider-man swinging around 
and like how fucking frenetic and crazy that would feel. But it's awesome looking. And uh, this is why the game was not first person, I'm sure. It's absolutely insane. But it looks really good. Um, I don't it think does. it does. It looks so good. I mean, it, part of it is due to the fact that Insomniac's game just already looks so good. Yeah. But I kind of wish there was a first person mode. They would have to do some kind of fucking stabilization on it or something <laughs> like that because it is – I mean it's got to be pretty close to what it would be like in real life. But I think that it looks almost like what they did was they just like – Changed the camera perspective. Tied a camera to Spider-Man's head and just like ran around. Whereas like most humans, whenever they move, they like – provide their neck provide you provide like your own gimbal for like your vision you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. i don't know that it would be this shaky in real life but it's cool that they were able to do it and i think that if they stabilized it it could make for like a really cool vr game dude it looks so awesome i don't know how especially when he's like swinging and doing like the flips and shit and the camera is just like yeah (laughs) it's like mirror's edge on crack (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It is really wild. It looks really good, though. Yeah, the quality is ridiculous. Uh, uh, the, it doesn't show any combat or anything. I'd like to see, like, what the what the hand-to-hand combat would look like. Like, with the kicking and the fucking kick spins and, like, the fucking special moves. But it looks so cool. Huh. Anyways, I Yeah, digress. it looks wild. There's one more uh, news point that I don't really have a lot to say about it except just a, an FYI. Um, former PlayStation boss Sean Layden is now working at Tencent, which is really interesting. And um, I don't have any opinions on it other than the fact that I'm sure he got paid a bazillion dollars to make that move. Um, I was going to say, they must be paying him so much money because why would you want to work for Tencent? Now, I'm sure that there are good you know, I'm not saying that Tencent is like an evil corporation, but like, you know, they've just been. The, are they are company, they owned by the China indi- government? As individuals, they they have strong ties to the the Chinese Communist Party. Like, I think like a whole like a whole third of their uh, employee base are like registered communists. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of people mm-hmm. within your your company and. And Sean Layden so, is now working for him. What's his title? So there? yeah, I I think he's like he's like helping them like rebrand come up with new ideas or something. I don't I don't know, but yeah, I this is fine. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, I don't know if it's going to really make that big of a difference. I mean, maybe what he was thinking is just he's like, a strategic advisor. Yeah, so like a strategic advisor, what the hell does that mean? I mean, he probably gets paid to sit in meetings and tell them what's a good idea and what's a bad idea, and they're probably paying him like fucking nine figures to do it. <laughs> so like, what the hell? Yeah. To, to be uh, transparent with the audience, he did leave PlayStation in 2019. Um, he did He did make a post that said, in this new role, I hope to advise, assist, and support the team at Tencent as they deepen their activities and commitments within the industry to which I've devoted the majority of my career. And it says, uh, uh, we are at an epoch-defining moment in gaming and interactive entertainment. 
There are many possible roads ahead, but only a few are profound, broadening, inclusive, edifying, inspiring, and or sustainable. I'm thrilled to continue my journey of discovery and thank Tencent for the opportunity. So, yeah, take yeah, the money. Yeah, I don't and run, know. Dude. I mean, it's it seems interesting to me that this is the same guy that came out when he was still at PlayStation and said that games are getting too expensive, it's not sustainable, we need to dial back like our expectations for games, make them smaller, blah, blah, blah. And then he's literally going to a company that has made a name for themselves by literally just throwing money at shit. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, maybe he's going to help them kind of dial that back and and develop some meaningful stuff as opposed to just buying up everything in the industry. Well, re- reading – I don't know. We won't know. Yeah, we'll reading see. between the lines a little bit on this, I, I guess maybe you could say that he knew where Sony's financial stake were and he knew what they were able to do and what they weren't able to do. So – Maybe he was pretty much just telling us how things were going to go from Sony moving forward by reversing the curse and just saying this is this is what we need to do. So you know, whereas in Tencent, like it's a completely different story, and he'll probably be singing a different tune. I mean, you got you got to you got to wear the job. You know what I mean? You got to be be the person they need you to be. So uh, interesting, though. I don't know. I don't know. This next one's weird. I don't. I don't like it. I think it seems weird, but there are rumors abound that a new PS5 design shows a PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive for any digital owners who may want to use the disk feature, possibly connecting via USB-C. This is a rumor, and we have not confirmed this, but it's circulating pretty heavily, and it looks like this might be one of the routes that Sony's going to go. They must be having trouble doing the two SKUs, and they might be thinking that maybe just having an external disk drive might be the way to go for PS5 moving forward. I think that's great. I, I honestly like I, – I know that you don't like it but like – I just hate the idea of having another thing. Well, you don't have to have another thing. That's the, that's the thing. It's like if I – because it kind of like is like a, like a have your cake and eat it too sort of thing where it's like the console will be cheaper because it doesn't have a disk drive if you primarily play digital games. But then if you are one of those fucking dorks that collects physical stuff – all you have to do is buy this extra disk drive for, you know, probably a hundred dollars or whatever it is, and you can still play your games that way. Now, I can understand why you might not want, if you are the physical game guy, you might not want that extra thing on your entertainment stand. But, dude, like, they they just announced not that long ago that like seventy fucking percent of PlayStation's game sales are digital now. So, like, it really doesn't make sense for them to manufacture yeah. all of their consoles with a disk drive. I just like having the disk drive for my entertainment center so I can watch the HD, Bluetooth, Blu-ray, whatever the fuck they're called. What are they called? The new kinds? I, uh, I couldn't tell you what the are they last called, time though? I stuck 4K, a fucking Blu-ray. That's what I'm trying to find. 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't tell you the last time I stuck a, a physical movie into my fucking PlayStation. <laughs> I do it all the time. Get a Blu-ray player, my dude. You say apple, I say tomato. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if I, I, I could like, I don't mind. I like owning that stuff. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna probably buy anything else. But I do have old DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff that I probably won't get ri- get rid of. Um, but I don't know. Like, if to me, it's like if I want to watch. I don't know. Let's say for some reason I want to watch fucking Toxic Avenger. 
And it's like, okay, well, I could either buy the disc for $10 on eBay or something, or I could just pay Amazon two ninety nine to just rent it and watch it that one time. Yeah. And it's like, I know that it makes more sense if I want to watch it more than a couple times to buy the Blu-ray or the DVD, but uh, I'm just going to do it digitally. But that's me. I'm sure there are a lot of people that disagree. That's It's definitely your prerogative, man. Um, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know. I, I, I do agree. But I when I say like I don't want to have an extra thing – I just don't want to have a detachable disk disk drive just like sitting somewhere like on because the PlayStation 5 is curved weird and you can't just put your detachable disk drive on top so it's going to have to sit into the side and then it takes up more maybe space. Maybe it'll be like maybe it'll be like a turtle where like <laughs> the boy turtles have like the fucking scoop in their bellies so they can bang the girl turtles. It'll be like that, where like the disc drive will have like a scoop in the bottom, so it like sits on top. Of It'll the be like rounded PS5. or something. Yeah, that's your National Geographic uh, tip for the day. Jesus, <laughs> Jake's talking turtles. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. I I could see that if somebody I could see this being a problem if somebody watches uses a lot of physical media. But if you're someone like me who like maybe two or three times a year puts a disc in my PlayStation, I would be totally fine with having a, a disc drive. That I put in storage and then I just get out whenever I want to watch something or play something specific. Yeah. Now I do hope that I would be I would be more on board with this if they would give me the option of like when I put in the physical version, it just lets me download the digital version of the game. I don't understand why they haven't done this. I know it has a lot to do with serializing the the physical versions and they probably don't want to do that, but I mean, come on. I bought the game. Like, well, just give me the fucking digital version so I don't have to stick the goddamn disc in every single time I want to play it and be done with it. I don't know. Yeah. That's just well, me. it's it's again another – I don't know. Just another example of Sony thinking a little bit outside the box for their hardware. I don't know. Maybe they didn't think about it enough before they released these two different SKUs. But we'll see. It's not confirmed. We'll see what happens. Next news point, Jake. The last news point before we get into the new games coming out this week is um, the the Resident Evil Village game, I haven't booted it back up, but apparently now has a third-person mode. And apparently it took them a ton of work to make it third-person. And I think no matter how I replay this game, because I will be replaying it, I'll be experiencing it in a new way. Either I'm going to go PSVR 2 or I'm going to go third-person. And as another side tidbit about RE Village... The upcoming DLC, Shadows of Rose, will end both Rose's and Ethan's storyline for Resident Evil. Mm. They've confirmed that. You I haven't played Village play. yet, have you? I definitely need to play it. Yeah, that might be like a that might be a good game to play around Halloween, kind of that kind of a game. Because um, I'll be looking to play something new after I finish Cyberpunk, which. You know, God willing, will be soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think that they announced this when they announced the Emily. What's her name? Emily, Amanda, Carrie, Rose. What the fuck's the daughter's name? Rose. Rose. Okay. 
when they announced her DLC, they were like, oh, in all, and they also announced the new update, which was going to add like levels to that time trial mode and shit like that, that they were like the horde mode thing that they have and all that. And I think that they announced this when they announced that, but I didn't know that it was, it was out. I mean, I don't think it is. I I take it back. I'm looking on the IGN website and it says it, it, this was, this was announced, um, on the Capcom showcase when they talked about the DLC. Uh, and they're saying that it's going to be included this is from IGN. It's going to be included with the DLC. But they did indicate that because no one is – we haven't seen Ethan's face. And people are like, oh, shit. What are they going to do? And they say no matter how you turn the camera, Ethan's going to turn his head away. So you're still not going to be able to see his face. Um, even though I guess there are some mods that show what he actually looks like when they got into the game code and stuff. Um so we know Resident Evil 7 and Village both switched to a first-person view. and uh, October 28th. When is it? It looks like October 28th, so right before Hallow's Eve. Yeah. And I don't have an issue with it being first-person. I like these games in first-person, honestly. But it will, yeah, I do too. it will be interesting to play them in third. And they said that it, it changes the experience entirely. And it took them a ton of work. It's, they said it was almost like remaking the game to make it a third-person game. They put a lot sure. of time into it. I believe it. So anyways, how about we talk about some new games coming out this, this week. I know last episode we had, we had some games that we didn't uh, – repeats. And this time it's a brand new list for our listeners. So September 20th. A Cane on PS4, Construction Simulator on PS5, PS4, Hard Space Shipbreaker on PS5, PS4, Jack Move on PS4, Solstice, PS5, PS4, and Stroke the Cat, PS5, PS4, which is a trophyware game. All you do is you pet the cat, I think, 2,000 times and you get a platinum. Uh, I'm so sick of these freaking games. They need to stop it with them. Uh, September 22nd, Arcade Archives, The Return. You know, by having games like that, you completely, you you completely uh, tarnish what it means to be a video game. That's all I'm going to say. It's, yeah. It's so annoying. September 22nd, Arcade Archives, The Return of Ishtar on PS4, Fall of the Porcupine on PS4, Maggie the Magnet on PS4, One Shot World Machine ed- Edition PS4, PBA Pro Bowling 2023. I can get behind a good fucking bowling game. Dude, <laughs> honestly, I think I could get into some bowling on, on the video game. It would be fun. Um, Potion Permit on PS5, PS4. Prison Tycoon under new management, PS5, PS4. Serial Cleaners, PS5, PS4. Session, which is the skateboarding game, PS5, PS4. Yeah. And that comes out September 22nd, so that's out now. The time you're hearing this. Spider Heck, PS5, PS4. The Diofield Chronicle, PS5, PS4. And Train Life a railway simulator PS5 PS4. Now I get this list from Push Square every week and they must be a little behind cuz we're we're giving you games that are already released. September 23rd, Dreamworks Dragons Legend of Nine Realms on PS5 PS4, Proteus on PS5 PS4 and Sable on PS5 and PS4. Any of those stick out to you, Jake? Uh that that Train Life game seems pretty cool. No, I'm not going to play it, but just like uh, I I get on locomotives a lot with my job, and so like I'm always interested in these kind of train games. But I think 
this one is like in Europe only. So mm-hmm. it's like only European kind of tracks and shit like that, which is cool. But uh you know, I don't get to see my I don't get to see my local mountains. I don't know. But other than that, everything else looks kinda like whatever. I mean I'm sure some of these games are fine. Session looks cool, the skate game. Yeah. Um but other than that Yeah, skate everything else here I don't yeah, session session looks cool. Like you said, it, it's apparently like a spiritual successor to the skate game, and they're they're working on skate still. That was announced. I was looking at the some of the reviews here, and uh, this guy went into a really really deep review. But this was two years ago. So has session been out for that long? I don't know. I don't know either. I Maybe in know. like some early access version. I or think something I like th- that. Yeah, I think it has been out for a while because there's like articles saying a session coming to console. Is it available on Xbox? The guy essentially said initial release date November twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. So it's probably a little dated, but the guy was saying like the premise of the game is that you're just skateboarding in an abandoned city, and that was like the, the gist of it. And he goes, they probably just did this to avoid having to like create like AI and like shit. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it's probably a little jank, but it's probably also probably decent at the same time. Um, well, it's got a nine out of ten on Steam. Does it? But I mean, it's it's got an eighty-one percent on Metacritic. I don't know. I mean, it can't be that bad. No, I'm sure it's fine. But I'll probably just wait for Skate. It's going to be free to play. All right. Well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. Jake, is there anything else you'd like to discuss this episode? Our episodes are getting longer. This was like an hour and a half. There's been some there's been some uh serious news lately to talk about. So um I don't think that I have anything to to say. Okay. Pretty much. I hit my I hit my elbow last week mm-hmm. playing hockey. I fell and fell on my elbow and uh I had my elbow pad on, but even inside of my elbow pad, I like hit it. I must have hit it like on that that nerve, like your funny bone or yeah, whatever, dude. dude. My whole like I'm not even fucking with you. From like halfway up my forearm to halfway up my bicep, all the way around is literally black and blue. Jesus, you sure and you didn't break it something? It doesn't. It it doesn't really hurt. Like there's like one there's like acute pain on one specific spot, but it's like not on the bone. It's like on the, dude, the like muscle. Dude, dude, I just talked to a dude at the murder mystery last night who had a similar issue he he ripped or tore his muscle and that's what it did really yeah so you might want to get that checked out you might have to get some physical therapy or something it's possible but i have no i have no pain of motion no weakness no nothing you like probably if, if, if i did snap if i muscle. did have that i'd be more concerned you probably fucked up the muscle or tendon or something it's possible we'll see how it goes he showed me a picture it was wild it was exactly what you're talking about this huge black and blue all around his arm. He said yeah. that's what it was. How weird. Hmm. Well, what a nice way strange. to end the show. Very very full circle. Uh, all right. So thanks for listening to episode 242 of PS This Is Awesome PlayStation Podcast. We'll be back next week. We appreciate you all. And uh, have a good week out there. Be safe. Get some gaming in. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. So like Way of the Hunter, we are OFK and WrestleQuest. P.S. This is awesome. P.S. This is awesome.